Welcome to another episode of the Get Back Coach presented by Apollo Media. We are back again. Jay and I were probably at two of the best environments in all of college football over the weekend. Jay was in Baton Rouge. I was in State College, Pennsylvania. Jay, going to you first, how was your LSU experience? Oh, man. I mean, I I talk about it. I think LSU is the best tailgating destination on the planet. Uh, And, you know, shout out, to first of all, to Adam for hosting me. And then the guys from DVA Tailgating, uh, Zach and and Podcat, all those guys. Billy, uh, my guy Action Cookbook came down with a special cocktail. I mean, the food, I don't know if you saw the spread, had the, the classic trio there of classic Louisiana food. You had the pork sauce piquant, you had the the gumbo, and you had the crawfish etouffee, and it was all unreal. I mean, the food was just fantastic. We drank quite a bit. A couple shoeys were had. There was a, a game of Thunderstruck going on. I mean, we had everything you could possibly want from a tailgate. Uh, there's no better environment, and then the game itself was incredible. Uh, I mean, it was a fantastic contest back and forth. Ole Miss jumps out to an early lead. LSU rallies. That stadium's loud. I mean, it was an incredible game. Uh, everything you could have wanted out of a college football Saturday, I got in, in Baton Rouge for LSU at Ole, or, uh, Ole Miss at LSU. I, I just, I mean, I, I can't believe I'm pinching myself how lucky I've been with college football games this year. Yeah, man, like I, I was trying to follow it while I was in the parking lot of PSU and um, that crawfish. Now, I'm not a big seafood guy, but that crawfish dish looked absolutely amazing. Like oh, yeah, This is etouffee bowl. Etouffee bowl. Yeah, it looked, I mean, absolutely just orgasmic. Yeah. Now, I love gumbo. So that gumbo, that was speaking to me too, but that. Yeah. I mean, we got out there before the sun was up and we were making the roux for that gumbo or uh, I say we Zach and, and Scott were, but, uh, it, it was, I mean, you you can't have a better tailgate group than that. I mean, I, I tell you like that food could be served at a restaurant. That's how good it was. Uh, and I mean, you, you saw the, how dark the, the gumbo got. That's how you want it. You gotta you gotta really let that roux get dark before you oh. you start uh start really cooking. But I mean, again, shouts out to DVA tailgating that crew at LSU was unreal, uh, just just gifted. And I mean, it's not just the food; it's a party too. Yeah, no, it's it looked like it. It was it looked absolutely like I said. It's just one of the best atmospheres in all of college football. Um, now the game. Uh, you want to talk about the game, you know, Ole Miss jumps out to a little bit of an early lead. And then Jaden Daniels, this is the only game I um, I bet on also. So I had LSU minus one. Looked like a perfect pick in the green for the rest of the for, – for the weekend. But Jaden Daniels put up a hell of a day. Uh, 369 uh, total yards, 500 yards of total offense for LSU. Ole Miss had a – Good day on offense as well, 400 yards, but they had a pick in the end zone. Tigers kind of playing that bend, don't break type of defense. Made a great adjustments at the half. All Tigers in the second half. Um, I think, listen, do I think Ole Miss is a good football team? They're not a top 10 team. 
Um, they're still going to have a, a pretty decent year, but I think this was the first wake-up call of, okay, let's pump the brakes on Ole Miss. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, like, there's still a lot of talent there, but uh, one thing I noticed uh, was Jackson Dart, whenever LSU started pressuring him a little bit, mm-hmm. he, uh, he got a little bit wild there with some of the throws. Obviously, that pick in the end zone hurt quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I mean, like you said, the adjustments from LSU, I mean, I can't remember exactly what the run was that LSU went on to win the game. It was like a 32-3, something, something, something like crazy that. like that. Uh, but I mean, hats off to the adjustments that, that Brian Kelly and his staff made at halftime. Yeah. Um, you know, there, do you, have you heard the, the rumor about the old, old ball coach at Ole Miss? I have not. They're allegedly, alleged. The rumor is, rumor has it, Lane Kiffin is interested and has spoken to Nebraska. I think that's a lateral move, personally, but uh, it's a lot easier to win the the Big Ten West in my mind than mm-hmm. than it is to win. Uh, the you SEC think it's lateral? West. You think uh, it's la- You think Ole Miss and Nebraska are lateral? Right now, now obviously the history the history factor with Nebraska is is way more than Ole Miss, but I don't know. I mean, the boosters are probably willing to put in a little bit more money, but Ole Miss likes to throw around a little bit of money as well. Uh, the thing I would say is. With Nebraska, uh, like I said, I mean, I, I think it's easier to recruit at Ole Miss just because of mm-hmm. the the geography of where you are. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but this is what I'm saying, kind of a lateral move. There's there's pros and cons to both. Obviously, more history as a program in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think there's some things that outweigh it uh, at Ole Miss. Maybe the expectations aren't as high at Ole Miss. You can get away with eight and nine no. on seasons. No, that I mean that is true. I think, although I think Nebraska fans are a little bit humbled over these last couple of years, but you think, but <laughs> <laughs> all it takes is one year of like eight or nine wins, and then once they have that expectation of ten or more, and they don't get it, it's that he can't it, take the next step. It's it's again, it's what everyone says. I've heard. Oh God, I'm sick of hearing it. And yeah, but but I don't know. I. I think there'll be a lot more buzz around the program. Uh, listen, I'm not huge on Lane. I'm not. I'm not a big. Listen, I think Lane Kiffin is a fine football coach. Uh, I, I I love him as a personality. He makes covering college football tons of fun. I, I just I just don't think he is that. I don't think he's that great of a CEO. Like I don't think he's that great of a manager of things behind the scenes and it's also a little bit of a weird cultural fit but you know you know who knows i think maybe we yeah. overplay the cultural thing a little bit too much sometimes i think we do i do i do i i think we do that as well but glad to hear you had a great time at, at in baton rouge uh, that is definitely uh you know on my bucket list what one day i'll get down there one day um i i was in the whiteout um Again, uh, one of the most electric atmospheres in all of sports. Um, it wasn't as loud as other whiteouts usually get, but it was still like my one friend, it was his first ever Penn State game, and I texted him afterwards, and I said, hey, how was that? He's like, he, and he told me, he said, I don't think I could go to another game, like in any other game again. He's like, because I think all of their games are ruined because of what I just witnessed last night. And um, that's, the, I think that's the effect. I taught, 
I, I was trying to get a hold of our friend Mike Barker. Unfortunately, uh, we could not meet up. He was looking for me. I was looking for him. And it just wasn't meant to be. And a plus, that place is a Wi-Fi wasteland. You cannot find any service anywhere. Um, so, but yeah, the game itself, um, Penn State struggled early. Like, I think two, three and outs. And then they just blew the doors off Minnesota in the second half. Got a couple stops. Now, of course, Tanner Morgan wasn't playing. But a lot of people were saying that backup quarterback can run a little bit better, has a better arm, kind of like a younger, uh, a younger, better version of Tanner Morgan. And listen, uh, Mo Ibrahim got 102 yards. He got his. But they they kept him in check for the most of that football game. That was a huge Penn State needed that win. Yeah, a little bit of a bounce back game for Penn State. Uh, as far as the the wideout not being as loud as once in the past, I mean, I think you have to chalk that up to Minnesota being the opponent. Obviously, that's not as exciting as a Ohio State or a Michigan or no. um, even a Michigan State. I mean, th- those games get a little bit more exciting uh, than, than Minnesota. No offense to Minnesota, there's just not a lot of history that i'm aware Listen, of between penn state and minnesota excuse me are you saying the battle for the governor's victory bell is not as electric as some of those other matchups i mean just because you have a trophy doesn't make the game as electric as, as some games i mean texas a&m and south carolina play for the bottom trophy and you know that that isn't exactly uh the rivalry of dreams it was the beginning it's no of civil the game, conflict, I'll say it's that. no civil conflict. Yeah, it, it was good in the beginning. Um, it, it's when you walk in the stadium, it still had that feel. Um, but I just think some points it, it just wasn't that continuous loud energy. Um, but it still got loud at some points. But I think 109,000, I think it was like the I th- it's in the top 10 for um most people in a, or um, for attendance records um, didn't get, didn't get over that 110 mark, but, um, but no, it great atmosphere. Listen, Minnesota is a good football team, but, but that was more Penn state getting after shutting down the run. Now, how they did that for the Penn state people listening. Cause I do know Penn state people just cause of um, Penn state people that follow me. I know I, that's a, some of our base, but, they finally got Abdul Carter and Curtis Jacobs on the field together um, with Curtis Jacobs moving over. It looked like he was moved over to Will and then Abdul Carter was playing Sam. That kind of gave you a little bit uh, more speed off the edge with, with some of those outside backers. Um, again, it, it was, it was a lot better of handling the run. Now, granted Minnesota's offensive line is good. They're not as good as Michigan, but um, that running back can be just as good as Blake Horm. And, you know, again, they held him in check. Um, I will say this. I'm going to harp on Penn State fans again. I'm trying to make this short and sweet because I feel like this is a never-ending thing. Um, uh, during the announcements before the game, booing Sean Clifford uh, is a terrible look. Um, you have 100 recruits there watching. Um, not great that fans are booing your six-year quarterback who you can critique him on the field. You can critique his play, but you can't critique that he's given everything to the to the uh, program 
and a guy who loves the program. Um, so, yeah, not a fan of that. Do better. And I do think for this Ohio State game, I do think there's going to be a lot more people cheering loudly to counteract the boos. Um, I do think that. So, again, and I know it's a lot of it's students, but I know there are some crazy grown-ups that also uh, boo college kids. I, I don't care that he's 24 years old. I think that's Bush League. Um, I know they're getting paid. Um, and I think it's totally fair to critique on the field. I think it's totally fair to complain in the stands. But booing someone, uh, I think that's just yeah. kind of – Support your guys. You don't, you don't support have to like what they're playing sometimes, yeah. but support your guys. If you want to boo James Franklin, even though I 100% disagree with you, if you want to boo James Franklin, James Franklin's a big boy. He can take it. He knows what's going on. Um, not to say Sean Clifford doesn't. Sean Clifford, after the game, was asked about it and had a really good answer. Said, hey, I'm just going to focus on the guys in the locker room and you know, focus on the coaches and the staff and everything like that. Very much took the high road there. But um, be better. Be better. And and I do think Penn State fans will be better um, going um, into that game. I think a lot more people are going to be cheering for, for Mr. Sean Cliff. But big win for the Nittany Lions. Um, all right. Let's get into some recap here. Uh, let's start it off with Clemson. Clemson uh, was down in this game, uh, I believe it was 21 to 7 or 21 6. And to Syracuse, the Orange, Dino Babers' crew, on an undefeated streak, um, trying to shock the world in Death Valley. Um, looks like when it came down to it, Clemson just kind of out Jimmy and Jodem. Um, and Clemson ends up sneaking past. The orange 27 21 in Death Valley. Um, you catch this one? Uh, I caught bits and pieces at the tailgate, uh, when we weren't, you know, doing things. Doing things. Uh, <laughs> it was so. I mean, obviously, we're watching a little bit just because, you know, anytime there's an upset alert, that's going to be a game you tune into. Uh, I mean, hats off to Syracuse. They did what I expected them to do. You know, they, they did the old. You're going to know you're in a fight whenever you play them. Uh, And, I mean, you know, they they want to turn it into a brawl, and it gave them a chance. I mean, Mm -hmm. Syracuse, hats off to them. Uh, I think they proved that they're a very, very good team this year. Uh, Even if they weren't able to close out the deal, I think a lot of people are going to be impressed with them. We'll see if they can – rally from that after after a, a defeat an emotional defeat to a, a really good team when you had a chance to win it uh we'll, we'll see if they can you know keep from from dwelling on that loss uh as far as clemson goes face adversity came out on top uh i mean you, you made it through nc state you made it through wake forest now you made it through Q's. uh you made it through florida state i mean you gotta like what you've done if you're a clemson fan so we'll we'll see. I mean, those are the big tests that they have on their schedule. I, I don't really see, you know. I mean, I never never say never, but they've made it through every test so far this year. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Uh, I, I I think it's a a walk from here uh, yeah. as far as making it out of the ACC. Yeah. Listen, you know what the team, it, man, South Carolina, man. At the end of the year, I think that's a team that's. <laughs> South Carolina, as you know, which we'll get I'm to. I'm sure we'll get to them. South Carolina's frisky. Yeah. And they're they're really frisky. But listen, in this game, um, 
Clemson on defense, I think early on in the game, let a couple plays get away from them. Um, I don't want to say breakdowns in coverage. Just um, Syracuse was kind of able to find the spots, find the holes. Um, you know, Syracuse also had a 90-yard fumble return for a touchdown. Big momentum swing early. But Clemson, it, it was like they were never packed. They Defensively, they, they really started to shut Syracuse down. Um, I will say this, though. There, were, there was a call. A call and a non-call, very close to each other, I believe in the early fourth, end of the third. DJ um, Ngalongale is tiptoeing out of bounds, and then he, like, jumps out right at the last moment and gets hit, and they threw the flag. And then Schrader, for Syracuse, like, the next possession or two possessions after, goes in goes out of bounds, clearly was hit out of bounds, and they didn't call anything. So that was weird. Um, I don't know. Clemson's a better team. Um, again, towards the end, Syracuse, just like they were just worn down, and they just didn't have enough horses uh, in the in the stable. But also, okay, before we move on, I just want to say, I don't like Syracuse's orange helmets. They are Sorry, they're white helmets. They need to wear orange helmets. I agree. I, I, I'm just not. I'm not a fan of the white. I, I'm, I'm just not a fan. Of white on the white helmet with the white jersey. I'm just not. But listen, Syracuse, good team. Dino Babers, 100% saved his job. Um, let's go to the West Coast here. Um, Oregon handles UCLA. Chip Kelly's return to Oregon. Bo Nix with a great performance. Five touchdowns, 22 for 28. Um, listen. Can we stop with the whole Bo Nix is trash narrative? Can we stop with it? I mean, listen, he was a solid quarterback at Auburn. They had a couple things that kind of go wrong. A little bit of a gunslinger, kind of forced a lot of things. But, like, we live in this hyperbole of this guy's either elite or trash. And, like, do I think Bo Nix is elite? No. I think he's a good quarterback. I think he sometimes can be very good. And I, I, again, he's in a better situation now at Oregon and he's really tearing it up. And I know he's older than everyone else, but he's, he's really tearing it up. Yeah. And I kind of like it for him, given everything that he went through while he was at Auburn. I mean, uh, it's, it's good to see him be successful up there in Eugene. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, obviously this, uh, this Oregon team is tough. This is a very, very good Oregon team. Uh, They took that. They took their lumps early in the season against Georgia, and I think they've just been steadily improving since. Nope. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, so we'll see. You know, uh, if they're able to 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 follow all the way through to the end of the season, but uh, Mm -hmm. I think you have to hand it to to Dan Lanning and that uh, that coaching staff up at Oregon. I mean, they've done some uh, some really good things. Yeah. Every time UCLA would score, every time, like in in they they would cut cut the gap a little bit. Oregon would score again every time, you know, and it was a, um, no, it was really, it was a really good performance for them. Uh, you know, another great atmosphere in the Autzen zoo. Um, but yeah, Oregon is again, looking like a new year six team, which is all you gotta be for again, be a new year six team for a couple years and then bam, and then maybe make a run, wait for the stars to align. Um, we're going to go over to the Big 12 now. Texas loses another. Uh, Quinn Ewers uh, didn't have not didn't have a great day. Uh, again, kid 
really did not have a good one. Uh, 19 of 49. He had some picks. Some of them were catchable. I will say he didn't get a whole lot of help from his receivers. Um, but just a rough afternoon. And you know, listen, freshman growing pains, man. Like, I don't care that he's a five star. He's gonna go through some. He's gonna go through some hard times, and he did against an Oklahoma State defense that is pretty good. That that Oklahoma State is a really, um, really uh, balanced, solid team. This isn't a Pokes team that's gonna score, you know, forty some points every game. Even though they did against Texas, which I think is more of a concern for Texas's defense. Um, yeah. B. John Robinson for Texas had 140 yards. Um, just an absolute machine. But Oklahoma State takes care of business, beats Texas. Yeah, we, we've talked about it. I mean, B. John Robinson is one of the best players in college football, one of the best running backs for sure, uh, up there with, with the guys like Mo Ibrahim and and uh, guys of that caliber. But uh, it, it's you knew Oklahoma State was going to be a tough place for Texas to play as well. Uh, I mean – I think more than anybody in the conference, uh, the folks up in Stillwater have a little bit of an axe to grind with Texas and OU over the mm-hmm. the leave to the SEC. I think from what I've Absolutely. seen, I think they were the ones that uh, have really had these two games circled. So you knew that was going to be a, a, a very intense crowd up there in Stilly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, it's a good squad. There's a reason they were in the Big 12 championship game last year. And, yeah. you know, it, it, they got to be – near the top of the list to return, especially, uh, you know, how close that game with TCU was. TCU is obviously the front runner right now in the conference, but wouldn't be surprised to see a rematch uh, between the the Frogs and the Pokes after this one. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, We're going to keep it in the Big 12. Uh, Baylor bounces back over Kansas. Um, Listen, Baylor early was dominant. I had a almost had a thick six. Almost had a thick six. Uh, Jerome Robinson gets a sack and then picks up the ball to almost take it to the house. Listen, Kansas looked really down and out, and then they just started slinging it. Sling Bane was slinging the rock all over the place, um, really exposing portions of Baylor's defense for a little bit. Um, but then it, it seemed like Kansas needed just one more stop to kind of get back, like to really start threatening that that lead. And Baylor relies on Reese with a screen, um, gets the edge. And, again, Kansas, kind of similar to Syracuse, just didn't have enough dogs uh, towards the end of the game, kind of got worn down. Yeah, and, I mean, obviously the the loss of Jalen Daniels earlier in the season yeah. hurts a lot. Not not to – again, Jason Bean is, is a very good quarterback. He's and good. I think better he's than – he's as a backup, he's better than a lot of starting quarterbacks. Oh, uh, he is. Across college football. Absolutely. Uh, but – but there's just that spark that's missing a little bit since since Daniels has gone down. Uh, I mean, still, it's it's been an incredible season for Kansas. I mean, the the improvement from this year to last year and and from last year to the year before. I mean, you look at Kansas, it's night and day, night and day, right? Uh, I mean, it's just the Big Twelve has just been such a competitive conference this year. It's just been a kind of a blast to watch. Uh, so we'll we'll see if uh, Kansas can get back in the win column soon, but. You know, obviously, I'm I'm still kind of rooting for him, but hats off to Baylor. Uh, you know, there's still some concern there, like you said, about their secondary. Obviously, that's, uh, you know, why they ended up losing that game in Morgantown to West Virginia. Uh, it, it's something that they're going to need to address because it's 
there's some opponents like the one of the teams we're going to talk to next that uh, can really exploit that. Yeah, but and you know what? Here's the other thing with Kansas. Like Kansas isn't a fraud. Okay, like there are so many people. Again, Jay, like, like I we're both college football, you know, uh, fanatics. Um, we would love for more people to watch college football with us and to care about it more and to kind of grow the sport and the community and everything. But I just think a lot of people just like take this NFL mentality when they're watching it. Like, Oh, Kansas is a bunch of frauds. No man. Kansas is like rebuilding. Kansas is not a historically good program and they had some success and they lost their quarterback. Like they're not frauds. They're rebuilding. Like actually, no, they're not rebuilding. They're just building. They're trying to build something. And like, I don't know. I just, I see that more and more in the college football community. Just like this team's a bunch of frauds. This team, like no dude, like look back at some of the things here. Like, like let's, let's look at some context. I just think that, I don't know. I think that's really lacking there in that situation. I don't know. Maybe I'm just an old man. Maybe I'm an old man yelling at clouds, you know, but whatever. Uh, we're going to stick with the Big 12, though, again. And I think you were. this is the game you were kind of hinting at uh, just now. TCU beats Kansas State 38-28. Um, Keandre Miller has 153 rushing yards. TCU was down again 28-10 late in the second quarter uh, before capping off a 90 90- a 90-some play yard drive right before half. Um, came back in the second half, shut down Kansas State. Martinez was knocked out of the game. Um, and it just seems like TCU is just knocking out the quarterback, getting to the quarterback, knocking them out, and then they're gets a couple stops and their offense runs wild. Um, I think they're the clear favorite in the Big 12. Uh, now, I don't think they're on Bama, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, any of those guys. But I do think they are like a Tennessee or a team that's going to finish anywhere between five and seven, which is very impressive, especially for Sonny Dykes. Um, you know, Sonny Dykes is full full first year. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's definitely impressive. Obviously, there's a lot of talent there from from Gary Patterson, but mm-hmm. uh, I think Sonny Dykes has done some really impressive things. Uh, mm-hmm. TCU, when I look at them, I mean, they just find ways to win, right? I mean, they've they've rallied now. I guess this is two weeks in a row. Uh, you know, they had to rally against against Oklahoma State and ended up winning that game in double overtime, and mm-hmm. now they rally again against uh, Kansas State. So uh, we'll see. You know, here's the thing. Like, if TCU wins out, I mean, it'll depend on what people ahead of them do, but I have a tough time – I mean, I have to imagine you put them in the playoff if they win. You have out. to. You have to. Um, if if TC wins out, Clemson wins out, then you take the winner of the SEC and the winner of the Big Ten, and that's who you take. You know, and I, I saw this from a TCU fan, and obviously there's a little bit of bias there, but uh, TCU has wins over Oklahoma State, Kansas State. Uh, they beat, smashed Oklahoma. Uh, you know, if if a team had that resume and a little bit more of a brand name, 
Do you think they'd be sitting at eight or whatever it is that TCU is right now and, and not closer to the top five? You mean if Texas Christian University was just Texas University? <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 I don't think we'd think twice about it. Listen, but I, I'm, I'm not going to think twice about it. Listen, we said it before. The, the, the Big 12 doesn't have a, like an, a big upper echelon team. Everyone is good in the Big 12. If you go 12 and 0 in the Big 12, that I'm going to say this, Jay, going 12 and 0 in the Big 12 this year is way more impressive than going undefeated in the ACC. I don't disagree with you whatsoever. And I don't I don't think it's cl- I don't think it's even close. Yeah. Like yes, you have a better program in Clemson. But listen, is Clemson that much better than TCU? I know defensively they are, but I don't know. I, I think if you match TCU up against Clemson, TCU would be the best offense Clemson has faced all year. Wake Forest, I think, has an no. argument for that. Okay. But. I was going to say, I was going to say, <laughs> maybe, Wake For- maybe Wake Forest. But again, Wake Forest struggles on defense. TCU, yeah. has, a better, TCU has a better defense than Wake Forest. Absolutely. So, I I do believe that going undefeated in the Big 12 is way more impressive. I don't care if there's not an upper echelon of team. Every week in the Big 12 is a dogfight. Listen, West Virginia is probably the worst team in the Big 12 right now, and West Virginia is going to be a dogfight. TCU plays them, and they're only a seven-point favorite. Now, they're a seven-point road favorite after West Virginia just got the bricks beat off them by Texas Tech. And I'll tell you what, I'm I'm thinking West Virginia is going to cover that game. But we'll Morgan get to Town that. Is a tough place to play, yeah. It is. And we'll get to that a little later. Um Okay, Jay. Um <laughs> I I I I just it's so it's so bad that we have to like talk about A&M every week and it's just like it's like Penn State with me last year. It was just it was very very sad. I mean, very this is more like Penn State in the COVID year, but uh, <laughs> that was bad. <laughs> so let's let's start off halfway through the first quarter a and m is down 17 nothing and it is tough to win games when you do that mm-hmm. uh so you start off the opening kick gets returned for a touchdown well, the next possession a and m has they throw an interception south carolina has the ball on the 20 yard line they get a field goal out of it then the next possession it's a error on the snap and Deflects off of Haynes King's leg, yep. bounces over to the other side of the ball. Yep. And the defense, I think it was Tonka Hemingway that it recovered it and, and ran it down to the 18 yard line. And South Carolina ends up getting the score. And that's yep. all within the first half of the first quarter. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, it was about as horrible as a start as you could have, especially mm-hmm. when you have an offense that has had the struggles that AM's offense has had. Mm-hmm. Probably the worst five minutes of football, like because I watched this back on Sunday morning, and it was probably the worst five minutes of football I've ever seen a team have. Yeah, it was very, it was not good. But then Texas A and M they scored two touchdowns before half to cut the lead to three. I mean, this is a sloppy game all around. But Jay, I'll, I, I want to get, I want to give you some stats here, okay? And I, I think this is where. You should. This is where you should win football games. Okay, South Carolina had three tackle for losses all game, only three, 
and no sacks. Wasn't a whole ton of pressure. Well, they did have, I think, 18 pressures. Uh, they had so 18? They weren't getting sacks, but they were pressuring uh, Haynes King. Okay. okay. And then, I mean, like, last play of the game it. against uh, when Wegman came in, uh, Wegman was hit on a, on a prevent pass rush. So that's not, that's not great. No. I mean, so A&M has three offensive line starters out right now, which, mm-hmm. again – is it's not good for an offensive line that was already struggling. No. Uh, you have your starting center out, which is probably, I mean, eight false starts, uh, which is, I mean, that's, you know, part of the issue. And I, I talked about this earlier with, with Travis Brown of the Eagle. You have eight false starts. I mean, that's, it, and they talked about it in interviews. They were using a verbal cadence. You're on the road and you're using a verbal cadence. I mean, yeah, I just. Yeah, you can't do that. I, I don't know how you justify it, but uh, there is, and I, I don't, there's no moral victories. There's definitely not a moral victory no. in, a, in a game like this, uh, but I, I do look at what the defense did. I mean, 168 yards passing, 118 yards on the ground. It's, it's a pretty good defensive performance by A&M. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, you, you give up that drive in the fourth quarter to let them kind of seal it. Uh and one thing I did want to talk about is I can't believe South Carolina didn't take the points there at the end of the game. I mean, I get that you're trying to ice it, yeah. uh, but there's a situation where they have fourth and one and A&M stuffs them to get the ball back mm-hmm. when if South Carolina kicks a field goal, I mean, it's it's, a, it's over. Yeah. It's over. But, I mean, you know, A&M has a chance there at the end. They recover the onside mm-hmm. kick and have a chance to Hail Mary it after a, yeah. a, you know, a field goal. Mm-hmm. But it's the defense was was decent, and the defense is going to keep a And M in games for the most part. But if you you have, if you give yourself a seventeen point hole to dig out of, well, and that and that's what happened. Games. That's what happened. I mean, look look, look at a uh, and M's defense: two sacks, six tackles for losses, and, and with that, I think they could have done even more damage. Yeah. Um, I don't think South Carolina's offense is that good. I think they're very middle of the road, very average. Um, but again, A and M got in that. A M got in that seventeen point hole in the beginning. And, and I think it's pretty ball. obvious that Shane Beamer's players like playing for him. Oh uh, my god! Yeah, they do some. They're fantastic special teams units there. I mean, mm-hmm. as you'd expect from a Beamer. Yeah, uh, and then Beamer I mean, ball baby. They were they were winning the field position uh, position battle all night. I mean, their mm-hmm. their punter was doing a good job. There, there's quite a few times where South Carolina started with good field position. So. Yep. Uh, oh, absolutely. Hats off to South Carolina. I mean, it, it's A&M now has to worry about bull eligibility. <sighs> yeah, that's and that's not a good thing for A&M either. Okay, you look at the schedule that's left. Uh, you got Ole Miss. That's tough. Uh, very tough. Which I think they can win. I think they can win, but yeah, it's going to be get tough. Florida, which is the one you'll be down here yep. for. Which will be uh, tough. Then, uh, yep. Then you have Auburn on the road. It should be a win, but Auburn is has shown points. And it's on the risky, road. And it's in Jordan Hare. Uh You have UMass, which hopefully no, that's, that's a win. win. That's a win. <laughs> and then you get LSU at home to close the season, and that's, that's worrisome. Gonna, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you, you gotta get you gotta get three wins out of that somehow. Yeah, I'd say what and them and LSU, I, I know. I think we talked about this last year. I feel like that is a really cool end of the year game because I feel like those programs are mirror images of each other. Most of the like ninety percent of the time, those programs are like mirror images of each other, except for like 
LSU once in a while will win a national title like randomly. I mean, neither fan base will ever admit to that. And there are some intricacies that, that separate the two, but there's a lot of similarities there as well. Uh, especially when you, you find out what the full name of, of LSU is. When you, when you look that one up in the, uh, in the record books and find out that LSU is also kind of an A&M as well. Oh, they are. Wait, <laughs> but whoa, again, whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. Is it Louisiana State Ag- Agriculture? No. So it's Louisiana State University and Agricultural and Mechanical College. No way. They're in A&M Officially. Too. Officially. But again, I never I mean, knew that. <laughs> it, it's fun to in A&M. Yeah, it's fun to it's fun to let people in on that one. Wow. I mean But again, both schools would uh their fan bases would not be happy uh, no. with being compared to the other. So is there like an A&M like 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 you know how bikers give each other like that little signal when they pass each other? Are the A&M do other A do you root for other A&M schools? Is there like a a club you guys are all associated with? I think there's a little bit of a, a farmer mentality that yeah. you get for sure. I mean, like Florida A and M, uh, and I don't know what are there other A and M's. Well, there's definitely other Aggies too, right? You got your there, your Utah State Utah Aggies, State Aggies, New Mexico State Aggies. You got mm-hmm. uh, North Carolina A and T. They're yep. also the Aggies. Yep. So mm-hmm. there's there's some mutual Aggie love out there. Okay. Okay. Uh, I like it. So you guys are all in a part of the Aggie Aggie family. Room for Ags, 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 loving Ags, yeah. Ags, loving Ags. Um, some other notable games: um, UAB over Western Kentucky. Um, Cincinnati beats SMU. I think that game's a little bit closer than what people thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, so I had Cincy minus three. Uh, not 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 a great beat for me. Uh, but, you know, SMU misses the two-point conversion to tie it there at the end. Uh, this is still a, a solid SMU team. Yeah. Oh, I it mean, is. They're, they're tough. Uh, but, you know, since he's taking care of business in the American so far, so we'll see if they can keep mm-hmm. that up. Yep. Uh, the Duke Blue Devils, Mike Elko and the gang, gets a big win over Miami. Uh, Mario Cristobal is definitely um, – Definitely frustrated. Uh, again, he, he's trying to rebuild. He's trying to rebuild that program the best he can. Um, I think he even made a comment that we need guys who are going to sacrifice or something like along those lines. We need guys that are going to play hard and and uh, listen. He might be trying to clean up the program as well. So he's going to tell you what. Miami to... fans are not happy with him right now, though. No, but like you get give him a give him a year or two. Like, although I will say, I do think they had a lot more defense, or they had a lot more um, on defense on the defense side of the ball. I thought they had a lot more talent, and I think that is where is that. I think Miami fans weren't thinking about. Although I shouldn't say that because I was in Twitter Spaces in the off season where. Uh, Miami fans screamed at me because I dared say, I said, yeah, so you guys should be nine and three, like nine and three. We're going to have at least 10 wins. I'm like, Whoa, dude, like calm down, man. You're going to have to rebuild something. But yeah, I mean, it's not looking great right now. 
uh, for the Hurricanes. But give Chris the ball. Give give him a little bit of time. Like he might be fine. Or then, uh, is it is it going to be the prodigal son syndrome, like yeah. a Scott Frost coming home and he's going to be the savior and 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 he's not. Yeah. Um, although it did it it has been working for Harbaugh, even though they're they're. The Harbaugh trip in Michigan's been a roller coaster. Like it was down, really down in 2020, almost got fired. And now they're last two years, now they're up. You know? So I don't know. Also, Jim Harbaugh. Uh I have something to say about Jim Harbaugh. Okay, Uh-oh. before I get rolling. Because uh, the the tunnel thing is still go Tunnelgate is still among us. Okay. I thought it was dead. I thought Tunnelgate was done. But Tunnelgate is still here. Um, and I, here's the thing with Tunnelgate. So I have admitted it was probably Penn. It was more than likely Penn State's fault. And I said that James Franklin has to clean that up. Okay. But James Franklin has asked questions about the tunnel. So he comments that he thinks that they should move one of the locker rooms or that they should have some sort of system in place for both teams aren't in the tunnel at the same time. Now, Michigan says that Penn State players were still outside blocking the tunnel, which if you're just outside one locker room, you're going to block the other tunnel. But for Jim Harbaugh's sake, let's just say Penn State players were chirping. Now, Jay, I'm going to ask you a question. If you're outside, you only get 15, or no, you get 20 minutes, right? Yeah, you get 20 minutes. Okay. When you go in for halftime, the first thing you do, find a bench, sit down, wait for your position coach to talk to you. Throw a dip in. <laughs> maybe for Oh, you. wait, no, not everybody. <laughs> That's an NCAA. Did you just, did, did you just. Uh, statute of limitations uh, is up. Yeah. Is, that, is the statute of limitations up? I and I quit say. dipping, so. Uh, okay, there we go. Uh, I was gonna say, I think you could you just uh, confess to an NCAA violation. <laughs> but anyway, I don't know how you guys defensive linemen do it because I had defensive linemen on my team did the same thing. I have no idea how you guys do that. No, anyway, it was the best way to wake up in the morning. Oh uh, yeah. So anyway, you you find your position coach, you talk to your position coach, and then your coordinator comes and then puts something on the board and then talks to the whole team. Is is that a fair assessment of how Division One locker rooms work at halftime? Yeah, I mean, it it goes pretty quick. Right. It goes by pretty quick. So, again, it's usually all the time. The players doing stupid things are usually guys who don't even play. Usually. Almost exclusively. So, again, guys are in the back, whatever. Let's just say they are chirping Michigan. That is one thing. And for Jim Harbaugh to say that, I have no gripe with that. He said, hey, Penn State guys were chirping. Our guys answered. But to say, and I'm uh, this is a quote, James Franklin looked like he was the ringleader in it. I think that is just, like, I think that is so far-fetched. It's unbelievable. That is especially, a hell of an accusation. Yeah, especially when Franklin was seen, like, kind of, like, get in the locker room and then yelled at a Michigan coach saying, don't talk to our players. We'll handle our guys. You handle yours. Yeah. So that is an accusation. This Harbaugh, Franklin, and again, they're both number two to Ohio State. 
And it, it's the battle for silver. It's every year is the battle for silver with these guys, you know, like, uh, you know, 2016 Franklin gets all the scholarship dudes, you know, and then I think um, Penn state goes on a three. They, they beat Michigan three out of four years. Now Michigan's beating them back to back years. And so it's just like, it's just never this never ending. It's going to be this never ending petty argument between both of them both these guys okay but yeah heavy accusations from from jim harbaugh who i was gonna give him a compliment okay and here's my compliment say something nice about jim harbaugh you know he's the only college coach who's had like success in the nfl pete carroll uh oh yeah that's right pete you don't think of but pete carroll was an nfl guy first though to be fair yes he was with the patriots i think oh yeah he was yeah okay so, I don't know, do we count Pete then? Uh, I don't know. Uh, See, I think Jim, but again, do we do we say, hang on, actually, do we even count Jim then? Now I'm thinking about it. Because Jim was tech, even though he's a, a Michigan, he's a Michigan man, um, is, he was a pro guy first. Well, right? but he was Stanford and then the Niners, and then back to college. So I don't know. Uh, okay. But- Harbaugh had a good, a very good, and for, like, again, I, I just think he's unrelatable. All those pro guys loved him. Yeah. Like, a lot of those pro guys, you talk to him, they say, oh, yeah, we love Jim. He'll, he'll throw balls like a quarterback. <laughs> he's, like, throwing footballs to guys. Like, like he's just like, yeah, he's, like, one of the guys, but he's, like, your coach. Uh, yeah. I don't know, which I think that's funny, but yeah, I don't know. Jim Jim Harbaugh and James Franklin are in this petty pissing match, and it's yeah. I don't know. It's it's entertaining, but, but, but it gets old. But while you're giving compliments to Jim Harbaugh, do you also want to give a compliment to uh, Pat Narduzzi? <laughs> <laughs> they lost to Louisville. <laughs> the best part about this is. The fact that Pat Narduzzi was so adamant about having a, a older, old school offensive old approach, school. and and <laughs> that, How's that working for you, Pat? <laughs> that has not gone well for him at all. Uh, I mean, talk about hubris. Oh man! Hey, hey, hey! We won the ACC. Wild. We're back. We won the ACC. Yeah, we're the ACC champs. Oh my God! <laughs> I mean, you run the offensive coordinator out of there, and then you're, you just immediately downslide. You're four, it's wild. You're four, you're four and three in the worst division. In like one of the, it, literally, it's probably the worst division of Power Five, and and you're four and three. Oh my god! And Pitt, like, listen, I I gave you your flowers last year. I said you had a good run. Okay, you did. All right, you lost to the third best. You lost to the third best team in the Big Ten without its best player. I know you didn't have Kenny Pickett either, okay. But I gave you your flowers. I said good job. But I also said, I also said, enjoy it while it lasts, because you're gonna crash down to earth. Kendon Slovis, listen, hey, all this talk. Kendon Slovis is better than Sean Clifford. No, he's not. No, 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 he's not. We're gonna have a better. We're gonna have a man man offense now. How's that doing for you, Pat? Couldn't happen to a better bunch of people. Okay, um, 
let's get a pre- let's let's get into a preview. We'll go to the previews and stick with ACC uh, Thursday <laughs> night. Virginia Tech at NC State minus thirteen and a half. NC State. Uh, I just, you know, I know you're a, a Brent Pry guy, but I just haven't seen anything from Virginia Tech this year. I I am, uh, dude. That offense is so bad. That offense is so 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 bad. Um. Yeah, I uh, actually speaking of Brett Price, speaking of Brett Price, speaking of Penn State people, uh, before uh, guy behind me hates Brent Brent Pry. He 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 would yell fire Brent Pry a bunch, uh, and then somebody yelled, I think it was him or his friend yelled, we finally got rid of Brent Pry, now we got get got to get rid of Mike Yurcich, and I'm like I I don't know what to even say. And yeah, Yurcich hasn't been great, but dude, Brent Pry's been like Brent Pry wasn't fired. He took the job at Virginia Tech. Like, and who's and and I don't know if you've watched Virginia Tech, but Virginia Tech's defenses this this defense this year is actually pretty good. They're and just they're off. Yeah, their offense is just garbage. It, it it looks like Fontaine was recruiting for the last whatever years. Uh, and when I say recruiting, I mean not recruiting because it looks awful. Um, here's the thing, man. I am not impressed with NC State right now, especially without Devin Leary. Um, Over-unders at 40? I'd probably take the under here. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, I think we did take the under. Uh, I think I'm going to – I think I'm going to – yeah. I may go under and parlay that with Virginia Tech to cover just because of how bad NC State's offense has looked without Leary. Yeah, man. Like, I just don't know I, that NC State can score enough points to cover. NC State, uh, man, I forget that backup's name, but I know he can run a little bit. Um, Virginia Tech, though, it's just that offense is so bad, and like they really have, they really have to put make that a focus in the offseason. But I don't know. I think Virginia Tech might cover 13 and a half is a lot. And, and again, I don't think NC State is just that great defensively. Um, but I do love the under. I do love under. I do love under forty in this one. Um, moving on to Friday, uh, ECU at BYU. BYU got smoked by Liberty last weekend. Um, a team that I uh, that I, I think both of us have really uh, not been rooting for. Uh, we are. Not I'm not. A, I'm not a Liberty fan. <laughs> no, I'm not a Liberty fan. I, I, I'd much rather uh, the Mormons getting that win, but they lost. So anyway, you got ECU. This is also kind of a culture shock game. Not not a culture shock game, but like BYU. I wonder if the Mormons are going to make the trip to Greensville because that is it, so open. Is it in BYU or is it in? Oh, never mind. It is. It's in BYU. My fault. Okay. It is. It's BYU. Um BYU is a three-point home dog, or sorry, home favorite right now. I really like ECU, but I think BYU handles business here. Yeah, that, that's that's a tough matchup, and you're going to BYU. I mean, there's there's some mm-hmm. factors that are against you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, at BYU, BYU more experienced. Listen, they returned a lot of guys. I like Satake. I love him. I think he's a fantastic coach. But, man, you returned a lot of guys, a lot of experience. Plus, those Mormon guys are all, like, 24 years old. And <laughs> and, and they're just – I don't know. They're losing it – it, it was a tough schedule, to be fair. I mean – it, it was. Yeah, Baylor, Oregon, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And Liberty is. is good, as much as I do not like them as a program or the fact that, yeah. you know – 
but everything else. Yeah. Look it up, uh, people. If you don't know, look it up. It's it's a tough schedule for BYU. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, and ECU is not an easy, you know, group of five no. opponent either. No, no quarter, baby. No quarter. I love that stadium. I love that stadium when it gets jumping. And it has one of the be- most – I wish it was at ECU. It has one of the most beautiful logos, too, in the middle oh, of the yeah. Um. All right, going down to the big noon kick uh, game I will be at, uh, Ohio State at Penn State. Penn St- right now, Ohio State is a 15-and-a-half-point favorite. And good Lord, um, I don't like this at all. Um, I know Penn State. It is State, at Penn State, though. It is at Penn State. Penn State always seems to cover against um, Ohio State for the most part. Um, again, that's kind of the one team they've always kind of played close and – you know, they've always played. They always play Ohio State tough. So I don't like that this is at 15 right now. Yeah. And you, I know you can say, well, Penn State just came off of a huge win. You know, handled Minnesota accordingly. Uh, how are they this much of an underdog? Well, that's because Ohio State put up 52 points on Iowa, who has a pretty good defense. And you factor that in with Penn State got killed by Michigan. I don't know, because on one hand, Jay, and you you might agree with me, and I know you're going to be unbiased here. On one hand, I see Penn State playing this game and losing by like 10, playing them tough the whole game, and then at the end, Ohio State scores another touchdown to go up two scores. On the other hand, I see him losing by like 20-some, and then like the game was never in question. It's tough, because I, I think you've seen two different versions of this Penn State team, too. I mean, the, the team that we saw against Michigan was, was just – we haven't seen them give up the run like that against anyone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I, I'm i kind of staying away from this game just because I'm not sure which version of Penn State we're going to get. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, especially with it being at home, I mean, this is a huge game for them. So mm-hmm. we'll see. I, I'm, I'm intrigued to see how it shakes out. I think Ohio State wins. Uh, but whether it's going to be a close game or a, a blowout uh, depends on which version of Penn State shows up. Oh my God! Yeah, and like, and listen, I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying Penn State's a better team than Ohio State or Penn State's going to beat them, but um, I just know Penn State always plays this team tough. I think they match up better. I, I know it's going to be crazy to say I think Penn State matches up better against Ohio State than they do against Michigan. Um, and it is at home. It's a it's a noon kick, but I I do think similar to the noon kick last year against Michigan. I think people are going to show up and be loud. Um, I don't know. I don't know. How, I don't know how this one's going to shake out. I just want a good showing, and I want Penn State to kind of get something good brewing, get some momentum going into next week. But I will say this: it's hard to go twelve and zero in the Big Ten. It's very hard to go twelve and zero in the Big Ten. So why not? Why not Penn State? Penn State, I will say, uh, 2016, blown out against Michigan. Granted, they had a bunch of injuries in that game. I had nine nine guys out on defense, and the Nittany Lion probably had to play Mike Linebacker. Um, Then beat Minnesota in a a night game, and then was a double-digit underdog against Ohio State and beat them. So crazier things have happened in college football than Penn State upsetting Ohio State. So we will see. Uh, This is the game right here that I think is one of the more intriguing ones. Notre Dame going to the Dome 
to play Syracuse. Uh, last time I checked, this was a Syracuse was a one point favorite in this game, and right now Syracuse is a three point favorite. So it's gone up to. I think I like Notre Dame here. Yeah, I mean, Notre Dame's another one of those Jacqueline Hyde teams where you're not really sure what version they're going to get. Uh, this is another one that I don't really want to bet, uh, so I'm kind of staying away from it. But I, I, this is another one that I can't wait to tune in for. <laughs> I think I'm going to take Notre Dame. I'm not positive Fair. though. But every time I pick Notre, every time I pick Notre Dame though, they they always they always screw me. So I don't know. Maybe I won't. Um, here we go. Arkansas at Auburn right now. Uh, Auburn is a four-point dog at home. I I think this – I don't know, man. I I think this might be an Auburn upset. Arkansas, that, had a lo- uh, Arkansas had a lot of hope going into this game. Or, sorry, it, uh, Arkansas had a lot of hope going into this season, and I feel like they're kind of – I don't know. Uh, I think they're – some of their air is out of their balloon, per se. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely not the season that Arkansas wanted, but I think this is still a very winnable game for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if Auburn's going to upset somebody, this isn't a bad one to take, though. No, absolutely not. Um, I think I'm going to stay away from it, though. I do. I do. This think is one of those. This is one of those series that's kind of chaotic. Actually, I mean, really, every Auburn game and series is a little like, bit chaotic. I feel Auburn's like every a team of Auburn... chaos. Auburn and Arkansas, I think, just feed off chaos. Oh, yeah. Both of them. Like, Arkansas, like, look, look at some of the games Arkansas has been against AM, against Ole Miss. Dude, the Auburn. Ole Miss, the fourth and 25 play. Yeah. Auburn, and like Auburn and, and Auburn and Alabama, and like Auburn and Georgia. Like, Auburn, both these teams live off chaos. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. I am intrigued. I'm, I want to see where that line goes. It was four and a half. Now it's down to four. So we'll see. Um, Oklahoma at Iowa State. Iowa State, a one and a half point home dog against Oklahoma. Dude, this is what I don't get about Matt Campbell. Matt Campbell, when he has all the pieces in place, gets nine wins. Now in a rebuilding year. And this dude might go get nine wins again. Uh, well, they're, he's not going to get nine wins because they're at four losses. Is, but is there is it mathematically impossible? Mathematically impossible. But I mean, this this is an Iowa State team that has played literally every opponent tough. And I mean, I'm sorry. I thought they. I thought they only had. I only thought they only had three. No, nah, they have four losses. But again, I mean, every loss has been a one possession loss. So. You look at this Iowa State team, and they're they're clearly capable of hanging with anybody in the conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'd expect them to to play OU pretty tough. I just feel like, and again, I misspoke there, and I'm sorry about that. It happens, but like unacceptable. I know. <laughs> Thank you for keeping me in check. I need someone like that. Um, I feel like Matt Campbell does more with less, but underachieves when he has all the pieces. But I know I understand it's only one year that we're basing that off of, but it's, I may, might be unfair. But again, recruiting is a part of it. But I do feel like he does more with less. And th- this, mm, I'd love to take the Cyclones in this one, but 
I don't know. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I have the balls to pull the trigger on it. <clears throat> don't know. Um, Baylor at Texas Tech. Ba- Texas Tech creams West Virginia, and then Baylor, who just lost to West Virginia, loses to Can or sorry, no, they beat Kansas. Kansas. That's yeah. what I mean. Beat Kansas. This is the butt game. The butt B- game. B- Oh, B-U-T-T. Yeah, that's right. It is the butt game. Hey, uh, the Jones is sold out in Lubbock, so uh, I like Texas Tech. I think think Baylor's speaking to me, though. These are tough. These are tough lines. I know. It's like like they make gambling hard or something. Um, Oh, man. I think I like Baylor. I do. I think I like Baylor. Again, uh, follow the follow the Twitter at GB Coach, and we'll be sending. We didn't send any last week. We I do. We do have to apologize for not sending picks last week. Well, both of us, to be fair, yeah, we both were, of us both. were in sir again service wastelands. I started drinking at six thirty. So, wow, really? I got in the lot at ten. So, <laughs> so I I was in the lot at ten a.m., which is late. Is late. My dad yelled at me. He was like, "How?" He goes, "You're not in the lot at eight o'clock." I'm like, "No, we're we're sleeping in a little bit." Yeah. He's like, you know, "We would have been in the lot at seven thirty. <laughs> hey, we like, yeah. we will be there early for a And M Florida. Oh, I love it. Um, hey, listen, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. Um. All right, we're gonna now go to the switch it up to the SEC, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Uh, Florida versus Georgia. Georgia's a twenty-two point favorite. And I, I do. I think this is the Georgia's Georgia's still here game. Yeah. I Wouldn't it be hilarious, is- though, if Florida beat Georgia and Kentucky beat Tennessee to just kind of spoil that matchup next week? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm oh, sorry for putting that into the universe. I love that. But, no, I think I think Georgia Ooh, I love blows it. out Florida. Uh-huh, me too. I do. I do. I think they blow them out too. I don't know if they necessarily cover. I can see Florida getting a late score at the end. But I, I do like that. Um, Oklahoma State at uh, Snyder Snyder Field. Is it Snyder Field or Snyder Stadium? Snyder Memorial State, something like that. I don't Stadium. know. Yeah, Snyder. Manhattan, the Little Apple. They call it the Bill? Probably. I think they call it the Bill. Anyway, Oklahoma State at the Bill. Uh, Kansas State, one-point favorite in this one. Uh, no Martinez. No Martinez, probably. Yeah, I'm thinking Oklahoma State. Uh, although Kansas State is now one and a half point favorite, so it's gone up. But no Martinez. Uh, I don't like Kansas State with no Martinez either. Um, I want to wait till more information comes out on that one. Because if Martinez is playing, that's one thing. But I don't think he is. Don't think he is. Um, right now, Cincinnati at UCF is a pick'em. It is a pick'em in the bounce house. You know the bounce house is going to be absolutely rocking. I like UCF. Gus Malzahn gets another big win for the Knights. I don't know about this one. Uh, I mean, you look at Cincinnati, and they're clearly the top dog in the conference right now. Mm-hmm. But I look at UCF, and I mean – UCF's coming off a blowout loss to East Carolina. I mean, East Carolina just absolutely smashed UCF, 34-13. 
Uh, I just I don't know that that UCS UCF is going to have the confidence to keep up with Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, man, see, that's the thing. You're telling me this group just got absolutely boat raced, and now they're they're in a pick 'em with te- with Cincinnati. I don't know, man. We'll see. We'll see. I like. I think I like. I think I like Cincy in this. Or sorry, I think I like UCF in this one. Yeah. Um. Kentucky at Tennessee. Polar opposite programs, but I just think Tennessee has the horses uh, that that Kentucky can't really match. I think Tennessee jumps out to an early lead. The problem is if Kentucky jumps out to an early lead, Tennessee can come back. If Tennessee jumps out to an early lead, Kentucky doesn't have that. Kentucky hovers. That's fair. I don't know if they win, though. God, I want Kentucky to win. Oh, my God, I want so bad those those tennessee people must be stopped those toothless hillbillies <laughs> need to be stopped they need to be stopped i can't live in the world i cannot feels like world. 98 i can't live in a world where tennessee is on top of college football i can't they need to survive needs to stop them someone needs to stop them um Michigan State at Michigan, Paul Bunyan Trophy. Michigan is a 21.5-point favorite. I think Michigan rolls at, uh, Michigan State. Yeah, a little bit of a revenge game factor, too, for the yeah. Wolverines. So, Absolutely. Uh, I, I think Michigan does roll here. Yeah, I, I do, too. I, I do think Michigan rolls. I think – plus, I think Michigan doesn't have to run the ball. That's the thing. Like – Michigan State's pass defense is still not good. Michigan Michigan has a very underrated receiving core. Ronnie Bell, I think Eric All is going to be back. Um, Roman Wilson. Michigan's wide wide receivers are experienced. They're 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 guys who have been there before. They are very underrated. I, I think Michigan rolled. I, I think Michigan has a chance to put up over 500 yards of offense easily against Michigan State. Yeah, and again, they're going to be out for blood. So mm-hmm. it's something Absolutely. to keep an eye on. Absolutely. And then last game we're going to talk about, Ole Miss at A&M. Texas A&M, a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Let's just make sure that is still that. It is Texas. Oh, sorry, Texas A&M two and a half point underdog against Ole Miss, and I like the Aggies. That makes one of us. I love my Aggies. I just don't like them to cover here. I like the Ags. I like the Ags. I like Texas A&M beating Ole Miss. I think this is the week we realize that Ole Miss is good, but they're not really good. A&M win. And we're going to end today's podcast with, um, did you see the Mike Leach press conference? Uh, worried about his receivers evolving without hands. We're not. Come, becoming T-Rex. We're, when, you know, I, I'm really, uh, when, you know, generations from now, we're not going to have hands. Because we we're not going to use the, the T-Rex. The, the T-Rex, you're going to look like them, one of them. I was like, what is this guy saying? And, like, here's the thing. Um, they just lost a teammate um, 
tragically. Like, you have players on that team, yeah, they didn't play well against Alabama. And I'm not saying he should have used that as an excuse. But I do think when you lose a, a player within your program during the season, I do believe that, you know, and listen, I love Mike Leach. I think he's a national treasure. I, I love all of his press conferences. But I think this is one where you should have left the shtick at home. I think sometimes his uh, quirkiness covers up some of him being a little bit of a, a dunce. But, yeah, uh, yeah, this is not a great look. No. I think, again, and, like, and maybe, listen, that's him. I get it. But, like, you know, you, you just – you as a coach, and I understand. I understand, you know, Mike Leach probably didn't have a – strong relationship with the with with the player okay i think a lot of you know listen like and this might be a shock to a lot of people um i think head coaches try to i think the good coaches try to make relationships with all of their players um but sometimes especially young guys it's not like that you know and there's a lot of people in that locker room there's like yeah there's there's like a hundred there's a hundred dudes on that team like dude like again, I played on a team of sixty, and like the defensive backs coach, I was a freshman. The defensive backs coach didn't know my name until like the s- seventh game of the season. Didn't know who I was, and like I got time. Like I was in games, and like the defensive backs coach didn't know my name. So like, I, I it's, I understand that he probably didn't have a, a, a close relationship with him, but like, there's a lot of emotions going around your program, like. Uh, around your team, and I know he's like, we were afraid of the Alabama jersey, and you know, and listen, that you could, that could be too that your guys were a little psyched out or whatever, but like, again, you just had a player die, leave the shtick at home, um, just answer the questions, um, you know, you could be as short as you want, and I don't know, I just think in that moment, I just think in that moment Mike Lee should have just kind of should have just short answers and then walked it off. Yeah, I agree. A uh, little bit of a lighter note uh, before we, we get off there, just so we're not closing it on a, a complete yeah. downer. Uh, make sure you support Group of Five football. Louisiana at Southern Miss. That's a fun little regional yep. rivalry thing going mm-hmm. on there on a Thursday night. Uh, a fun game between UTEP and Middle Tennessee State uh, Ooh, in the Sun Bowl. Yeah. That could be yeah, a, yeah. a fun little Conference USA game. Uh, and then you look at a, a Coastal Carolina at Marshall. That Sunbelt East that's been so fun to talk about this mm-hmm. year could be another fun contest. So uh, make, make sure you support Group of Five football. Absolutely. Listen, if you don't love college football at the Group of Five level, if you don't love it at – Middle Tennessee, was it who's Middle Tennessee playing? Middle Tennessee at UTEP in the Sun Bowl, baby. Oh, I was just gonna say Sun Bowl. If you don't love Middle Tennessee at UTEP, then you don't deserve Alabama at Tennessee. Love them all. Love all college football. All college football is created equal. Love them all. And if you're a part of game of the week, New Mexico State at UMass. 
You want to talk about teams that are mirror images of each other. You talk about Texas <laughs> hey, A&M and LSU, at New Mexico State and UMass. They literally look the same. Hey, hey, New Mexico State's coming off that win against New Mexico. That was a big win for that program. That is. Rivalry game, fighting Jerry Kills, still at it. Absolutely love it. Um, make sure you watch. Listen, watch all the college football you can. We are more than halfway done with the season. I cannot believe it. Okay, it goes by so fast. You only get so many Saturdays. Take advantage of every single Saturday you have. Everybody from us here, have a great week.